Shut up and sit down. Hello. Is anybody out there? It is the 1,472nd episode of Third Shift. It's me, Captain Batten, still alive, still broadcasting. These tin heads haven't figured out yet. <laughs> they haven't figured out that we've been using the shift code keys all these years as secret intel <laughs> on their locations and where our, our, our men and women out there still are. Uh, you know, they're so damn smart, yet so damn dumb. And thanks to Gearbox the other day for dropping 17 plasma nukes out there, getting rid of a gosh dang old god blessing tin frickin' foil of them. Oh my goodness, it was the best. Well, not much in the way of games when you're making plasma nukes and getting rid of tin heads. So Gearbox has been real busy lately. I just want everybody to know that the fight continues. Gearbox, our savior, is providing. And I need everyone to keep their cool. Keep using the shift codes in the right, proper ways. And we will take this planet back and play games once again. Captain Patton, third shift out. Well, 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 hello everybody, and welcome to episode 126 of Third Shift. I am one of your hosts, Eric. Simply Eric. And with me today is nobody, because Matt is gone. And when the cat's away, the mice will play. No, just kidding. The mice won't play. But we will still have an episode because, you know what, I don't need Mr. Matt. Actually, it'd be nice if he was here to make things a lot easier. But that's all right because we're going to have some fun. And I got a little topic to talk about. Ooh. So stay tuned, all right? And with that, we got to go on to what's next. Hey, what is that? Hmm. Hey, how was your week, Matt? Oh, man. He's not here. But you know what? He is traveling across the world seeing weird, exotic new things. And maybe he's going to drop a little log and just let us know what's happening. No, not the log in the toilet, everybody. You dirty animals. (laughs) I'm talking about a travel log. (laughs) And here it is. Maybe. If he does it. I don't know. But if he does... This is where Danny's going to put it in for you, okay? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Uncle Matt's Vacation Travelogue. And yes, it is quiet because this is, it's not really the wee hours of the morning, but it's early enough in the morning. I've only seen a couple people up, so I'm going to be a little bit quiet. I'm going to tell you all about what I've been doing over here in my vacation in Phoenix, Arizona, or Mesa, Arizona. They're all kind of like, they blend together. It's kind of like a big cityscape thing, you know, whatever. But we started the vacation off right, traveling first class on the Delta Airlines. Oh my God, big beautiful seat, big beautiful touch screen in the back of the the seat back in front of me. Having some good food, some free drinks, that was always good. I mean, if you can get gin and tonic for free, that's always amazing. But then I also found on the in-flight movie slash TV options, 
Flight of the Concords, a special from London. So I'm sitting there drinking, eating, laughing my butt off, having a grand old time. Just just some really good times. And then, let's see, that night that we first got in, so Wednesday night, went out with the cousins, with mom, and we went to a uh, a place that does hard cider, you know, a cider mill, and had a little flight of cider, five little ciders. That was really good. They were all really tasty. But then we also had probably the best burger I've ever had from a food truck down there called Three Dogs Eatery. Outstanding, like delicious, mouth-watering, just... It had like the per- like maybe some smoke in the meat and then a perfect sear on the outside. Oh my god, it was freaking amazing! It was delicious. Let's see what we do yesterday. Thursday, went out and had an outstanding breakfast at a place called the Broken Yoke Cafe, which did southern stuff and traditional American stuff. Kind of you know, kind of schmoozed them all up together. So, some chorizo breakfast tacos that were outstanding, probably the best salsa or pico I've ever had on those. That was great. And then it came with a side of black rice and beans. Or no, black beans and rice. There you go. <laughs> See? <laughs> and the one I thought was interesting is in those black beans, there was, it was maybe like tuna or like canned ham mixed in with those. Like little, little tiny bits of it. So it added this savory, salty kind of funk to it. It was really, really good. Outstanding. Also that day, went to the, uh, what was it called? Also that day, went to an Air Force museum, checking out old-style planes, big exhibits about, you know, certain people from the Air Force. And, I mean, just, just the restored old planes was the big part of why I wanted to go there. You look in the cockpit, see all the dials and stuff, see the, the old-style seat, just these huge planes, giant wingspans, seeing the turrets sticking out of them, you know, all that stuff. Really good time, really cool. They had, another thing I liked is they had, like, you know, lots of models of planes, but they had these big towers where all the models were to scale with each other. So you could kind of look through the eras and see stuff started off really small, got really advanced. Now here's the 80s stuff that I remember. And then here's stuff from, you know, current day. And then just seeing, you know, big like B-52 wingspans, Lockheed SR-71s, you know, really cool stuff like that. So that was definitely cool checking that out. And then last night, which is why I'm recording this early in the morning... Stayed out late with a cousin, went out to a couple bars. One of them is one one of them is now now my favorite bar I've ever been to. It's a speakeasy style bar where, you know, there's no markings on the outside. It's just a just a guy standing with a you know, with a roped off area down these stairs. You go downstairs, well you gotta give them a password first. So you gotta get the emails from them, get the password for the day, because it changes every day. Go down there, you go in and there's you know, like a little I don't even know how to describe it. Little cubby holes everywhere with like cool artisanal ingredients and drinks and stuff. But you go down there and it's just it's just the end of a hallway. But there's like a little little rabbit on one of the things. You pull that, the whole wall slides in, and then it's boom. Full on speakeasy. Everyone's dressed up, looking sharp, looking, you know, dressed to the nines. They had a dude in there doing like rat pack style jazz. That was amazing. And then the cocktails were out of this world, like completely incredible, you know, all the, the super fancy cocktails you can think of, and then ones you can't even think of, you know, they got all the all the herbs, all the spices, all the mixtures, all the this, all of that, it was, it was outstanding, it was a ton of fun, like I said, probably my favorite bar I've ever been to, because I love cocktails, I love the, the whole mixology scene, and that was just, 
incredible, outstanding. So, so far, this vacation is a success. It's a thumbs up. And stay tuned next week to hear more from me about where I'm at and what I've been doing. Now back to you, Eric, or however it is you threw it to me, or maybe I'm starting the show. I don't know. Have fun, guys. Check it later. And now it's my turn. Oh, well, thanks, Matt. I'm glad you care about your buddy back here in Michigan working and doing tons of overtime and still in tax end and having just a grand old time. I'm glad. I'm glad you asked. What did I do this week? Hmm. Gosh bless. Well, as I told you all, it is tax end. It has been tax end. It's still tax end. I'm working and I have been working pretty much nonstop. I come home, do a little of this, do a little of that. Get the girls out and about, play with them a little bit, watch a show, do dinner, da-da-da-da-da-da. You guys know the routine. The only thing of note that I have been up to is I've been down in the dungeon when I get a chance playing Sea of Thieves. And I'm telling you, I can't stay it enough. This game, first off, is making a huge comeback. Like, all sorts of the big streamers are out there playing it right now and loving it. People are coming on board. It's It's... One of the highest selling, uh, no, not highest selling, excuse me, one of the highest streamed games right now. So you got to give a big old props out to Sea of Thieves. Once again, I said I was going to get Randy Pitchford's handle and maybe go on a couple voyages with Randy Pitchford. I still want to do that. I haven't done it. But maybe when I'm done with this quarter and taxing crap, I will remember to do so because I've been in there making my way slowly but surely towards Pirate Legend having all sorts of wonderful adventures, encountering pirates across the seas, shooting them down, getting shot down, having my loot stolen. It's just a blast. What a great game. It's its something just to be seen. It's a, it's a view that you got to enjoy. Other than that, not much going on in my life except for work. So, we're going to move on. And you know what? As a group this week, we did something. We actually did. Before Matt decided he was going to leave us, we said, you know what, let's sit down and do an IG2G because that's what we're supposed to do, and we sure as the heck did. If you haven't gone over and checked it out, I recommend you do so. We talk about a flight game where Matt's flying around doing all sorts of crazy things. We talk about the latest uh, reincarnation of the Tales game, which is on the Switch, which he didn't know, which, hey, maybe that'll finally get him to buy the stupid thing. And we talk about some Division Dark Zone information that was dropped a few days ago. Go check it out, man. We did a good job, had a lot of fun with it, even under all this duress at work. <laughs> also, this week dropped Matt's favorite thing in the whole wide world. Shift codes! Head on over to our website. Head on over to all your favorite providers, whatever Matt says. You know the routine. Get out there. Get your shift codes for Borderlands 2. They are five golden keys, boys and girls. That is a chance at five different boxes full of amazing loot. Could you turn that down? Should you turn that down? I don't think so. Speaking of turning things down, well, Gearbox has turned us down. You know why? Because there's nothing going on, man. It is a quiet front over at Gearbox right now. Both publishing and software are mums the word. Even Randy Pitchford Jr. or Randy Pitchford from the future himself, Submodel, uh, has been, hasn't really posted any big juicy secrets. We all know that Gearbox over in Quebec has been working on Brothers in Arms. We all know that Gearbox proper has been working on Borderlands 3. Nothing has changed. It is still as it is 
Hopefully we hear something from PAX East. However, I will state that on Twitter, somebody was asking if they could get an autograph with uh, Randy Pitchford himself. And Randy said, oh, man, well, I can't promise you that where I'm going to be or, where, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da. I just really want to get to PAX. I, you know, I haven't been to one in a while, and I really want to scratch an itch. But if you do see me, feel free to come up and get an autograph or take a picture, something or some such. What that kind of, it doesn't mean much, but I, the way it was said kind of implied he was just there to have a good time and enjoy himself. So, hey, all those individuals out there thinking, oh, this is exactly where they're going to announce Borderlands 3 because Randy Pitchford's going to be there. I don't know. I'm just saying. He didn't. He just seemed like he's going to go have a good time. Hate to burst on anyone's parade, but, you know, over here at Third Shift, we've learned a couple valuable lessons over the last few years, and that's never assume anything and never believe that this has got to be where a thing happens. So many more months to go before PAX East. So time will tell. Maybe we're going to start seeing a ramp up. Maybe we won't. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate at this point in time because this is not the episode for us to do such a thing. Other than that little tidbit, Compulsion Games did release update 1.6 for the PC in which they fixed all sorts of bugs, system things, system that, blah, 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 blah. Their whole rigmarole. If you want to check that out, just head on over to their website and feel free to bamboozle the whole darn thing because I'm not going to read it out to you. But as per usual, Compulsion's still in there, kicking, biting, punching, fixing up everything. And also, I know we stated it before, but in case you missed it, if you have the Microsoft Game Pass, you can now go get We Happy Few for free. Well, it's not free, but you know what I mean. You're paying for the Game Pass, but you get We Happy Few as part of that, and a whole bunch of other games, including Sea of Thieves, which I talked about earlier. So, please, head on over there and get both of those titles, because they are fun, creative, and outstanding. And they're made by some people who support Gearbox, in which we also support them, because they support Gearbox, etc., etc., etc. Please take a peek. As I said, it's a pretty, pretty slow week this week over here in the Gearbox world. So I'm not going to stall too long in here. I'm just going to go ahead and jump into a little topic that I wanted to go ahead and discuss since I'm the only one here today. Hey everybody, special update here. Captain Patton and uh, Third Shift. We just, uh, we just had an infiltration here at the uh, Third Shift base. I don't know what's going on. I think maybe they finally figured out some of those shift codes. <laughs> it's funny, we just... Just said that these things were impenetrable and these tenants were dumber than rocks. Oh, God. Well, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping Danny and Matt got out alive. I don't know. All I know is I scooted food out of there. I got no, got no, way, to, no way to tell. I'm going to go back in, though, here when I get the boys around. I'm going to finish the deal. I'm going to get rid of these tin heads and get our base back because you ain't stopping third shift. We got to keep the people in the know about what Gearbox is doing to keep this world safe. Well, oh, wish me luck because here I go back in the fray. Yeah, all right. Uh, all right. So Gearbox news is pretty slow. I've given you every little tidbit that I know, says Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Does that rhyme? That rhymes, so oh, man. But tonight I wanted to talk about something kind of interesting, and it ties into Borderlands 3, possibly, maybe. And that is a lot of games right now coming out with the games as a service model. All right. And then 
on top of that, there's a few of them that are actually directly competing with one another. Eh, sort of directly, but maybe indirectly. And the ones I'm directly speaking to at this very moment, of course, are Destiny 2, Forsaken. That's out and about. That's been rocking for a long time now. But you've also got Anthem literally on the horizon. Tomorrow, you get to play a demo if you were VIP, etc., etc., etc. And then the next week, and everyone gets to play one. And then a couple weeks after that, the game is out for everyone to play. And then, a few weeks after that, you're going to be playing... Well, actually, a couple weeks from now, you're going to be playing the demo of Division 2. And then a few weeks after that, March 15th, you're going to be playing Division 2. All these games are games as a service and are catered around getting a lot of people on board, playing in this world, buying things, creating things, doing the raids, PvP, etc., etc., now, a lot of other people have talked about this before, too, but I kind of want to throw my two cents on the whole thing. The question is with these like these three in particular, and then there's other games like Sea of Thieves is one of them, that are tertiary games that are also games as a service but in different ways. How many of these titles can exist before you start to see them eat one another and then only you know the top one, top two, top three, top four, however many remain? I don't think the resources are infinite, you know, just for people, you know, really, to keep all of them going and all of them making good money, good enough money to stay afloat. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is enough people to keep everyone happy. I just don't see it. And the reason why I'm having an issue seeing this whole this whole games as a service model surviving beyond just a few is because I look at, like, MMOs, for example. Years ago, years and years ago, World of Warcraft's around, EverQuest's around, uh, Ultima, and a couple others, I don't remember. But then there was a huge boom, and you started to see just MMOs everywhere. The Korean MMOs were all coming to the West. You had Aeon, all sorts of other ones. Wildstar, Star Wars Old Republic, and I know I'm missing probably 10,000. Lord of the Rings, uh, Final Fantasy XI, and then later Final Fantasy fourteen. The list goes on and on. You had Conan, the, the Barbarian, the Exile, or whatever the hell it was called. You had uh, Elder Scrolls, which is still around. Anyways, back then, a ton of them, just a ton came out. And they kept all competing. And almost none of them survived long term. Some went free to play. Some just stopped existing altogether. A couple dug in, really, and kept their subscription models and had like a, a very modest following. And then changed the way they did updates, etc. to stay around. But only a couple of them really survived in the mainstream. World of Warcraft, obviously. And then, I guess to a lesser extent, you got Final Fantasy. And that's about it. I hear, I hear Elder Scrolls is pretty decent. And Star Wars Old Republic has like a little core following. But all of them, for the most part, Wildstar's gone and dead. And Aeon is still around. But it's all just like tiny. There's no real big money being made there. Enough maybe for them to stay alive, but not to be successful. So I wonder if this is the path that we're going to find with like the games as a service right now. Because you're starting to see more and more of them pop up. There's only a finite uh, amount of humans who can play these games and purchase items in these games. Obviously there's going to be some people who can do both. But will they all be able to hang in there? So first, 
I wanted to look at Destiny. Destiny's been around for a while. Destiny 2 came out, had a rough go at things. Now Destiny 2 Forsaken is up in arms, having a good time. People are enjoying it. Bungie just split, of course, from Activision. Everyone's excited for what's to come for them. But the hot new thing is BioWare's Anthem. All right? And Anthem has all these cool little mechanics you get to first off it's it's different from destiny in that instead of being first person it's third person and also anthem is coming in with no pvp whereas destiny has pvp division has pvp so with these three games pretty much going to be on the heels of one another obviously with destiny 2 having the lead because it's already out and been thriving and striving for quite some time now are all three of these games going to be able to exist, going to be able to make enough funds to be successful and keep on making new content for their games? And I wanted to just kind of look at it because I'm interested, and I, th- I think overall they can succeed, all three of them, but I don't know if they will. I mean, we always look at, like, MMOs. We look at the, uh, the whole war with the... Uh, Hero shooters, that didn't go so well. Battleborn suffered greatly because of that. Paladins is still around, but it's free-to-play, so that's always like a huge thumbs-up. Battleborn is too at this point, but they still consider it like a trial thing. And Overwatch is king. You got things like League of Legends, Dota. Well, those two stuck around, but uh, Heroes of the Storm, they're kind of, you know, iffy. They're not really making it. There's no other ones besides Dota and League that are really kind of you know, pushing. So you, if you really look around, you take a step back, you'll see that in MMOs, you'll see in the hero shooters, and you'll see that like in League of Legends, Dota, there's always just a couple big dogs, and then if you're lucky, some side tiny little ones that just scrounge along. So right now, we're on the precipice of three big games coming out. Division did very well, sold a bajillion copies, was a whole phenomena when it first hit. It fell off because the end game wasn't there, but fixed a whole bunch of mistakes, fixed end game, got the dark zone up and running properly, and became a very successful game with a very loyal following, whom I think will jump straight into Division 2. So I'm not so much concerned for them because they're going to have a core going with them. Destiny 2 Forsaken already has a huge following of individuals who've been playing Destiny for many years. And then here's Anthem. All right, here's the big question. This is the one everyone's going hmm about because anthem is bioware bioware makes mass effect fantastic titles fantastic games however andromeda came out people didn't like it it was a whole shindig people were also before that upset with the ending to mass effect 3 i still think people still harbor some ill will with that one and then on top of it all they're owned by ea and everybody seems to just hate on EA up to nobody's just it just it never ends it never ends they just hate EA so you got individuals that are pumped because the game itself looks gorgeous you're in these beautiful mechs you're flying around the environments look great they promise awesome dungeons free play areas They've got the loot system that's supposed to be like Diablo, where you're going to drop all sorts of really cool things, legendaries, masterworks, you know, uncommons, commons, blues, uncommons, commons, and epics, etc., etc., whatever. The story, they promise that there's going to be a great narrative, and of course, Bioware's known for the narrative, so you got to take them at their word and what they've done in the past, which is pretty dang good story. But 
here's one thing they didn't do. They went all PvE instead of adding in PvP. Division's going to have PvP, obviously. It has its Dark Zones. It had it in Part 1. It's going to have it in Part 2. We just discussed it on IG2G. Go check that out if you want to hear more. And Destiny 2, of course, has PvP. Why is this important? Well, first off, streamers love PvP. Hardcore gamers generally love PvP. So you get two groups of people who love an activity because it's something to always come back to. PvP for like hardcore gamers, it's where they can get their great gear in like PvE, etc. And then go show their skills plus the gear they got and be awesome and make everybody know that they're awesome. Streamers, it's kind of the same, but also for them it's more of an activity you can just keep on doing. Enjoy it while you're doing it and have people want to watch because every match is different. Whenever you're playing with real players, you get variety. That's what streamers want. They want variety. So, Division has it, Destiny has it, Anthem does not have it. Already I hear rumblings going, hey, oh, that, that seems pretty janky. Oh, I don't, I'm not so sure about having no PvP. So that's going against Anthem. And then, of course, like I said, the EA, the everyone hates the EA thing. And then, of course, they're a little shaken up by Andromeda. Is the support group that Bioware had still intact? Is there still enough people that love Bioware still there to purchase this title and carry it forward? And I don't know. That's I want to believe there is because I think there's great things coming from Anthem. But I wonder. You know, you've got one great game in Destiny 2. And, and don't get me wrong, Destiny 2's had a ton of fumbles where it's lost tons of players over time. But even with that it still maintains a solid core that just continue on and keep playing. You know, it's always on streaming somewhere. You can always find podcasts detailing what's going on there. It's got a lively community. And as long as you have that, you have a good game. Division's going to have that. Division already has a few podcasts. It has streamers still to this day rock and rolling from Division 1. It has that loyal core that have been playing it for, for years now and are going to jump directly over, like I said. Anthem here is sitting in the middle of these two, and it's kind of the unknown, but I feel like it has the most potential to be the best of the three. So I've argued with friends and coworkers, etc., on which one of these games is going to come out top dog over and over and over again, and I can't rightly say. And then at the end of the day, is there enough people to go around to make all three successful? I really just don't think so. I think... One of these games is going to have to play third fiddle and it's going to become a niche, tiny, you know, core game at best. And I don't see it being Destiny 2 unless they really screw the pooch here because they've already got such a loyal big following. And I just don't know if it could be Division 2. I mean, Division 2 sold, I mean, Division 1 sold bajillions of copies back in the day. The hype was real. The game was solid, it's just at the end game it fell off. But I think everybody who enjoyed Division 1 then walked away because there was nothing else for them to do will still buy Division 2 because they enjoyed that first experience. So I, I just feel like that one's going to do gangbusters. And of course Destiny 2's already got the community. So does that leave Anthem in a bad spot? You know, I don't know. I don't want to believe it. I'm going to buy it. But it was just something I kind of wanted to bring up and talk about a little bit. It's uh, chaotic thoughts. They're all over the place. Hopefully Danny pieced it together to make some sense. I'm just really curious to see. The next few months 
are going to be very, very, very interesting for me because you got three games all based on the same kind of service about to go to war. And here we are right in the middle of it. And some people are going to say they're different games entirely. You know, the third person, the first person, third person, but militaristic real life kind of thing. But it's all the same. It's all the same games as a service. Come in, find crazy cool loot, you know, go to the dungeons, do the things. It's the loop. The loop of finding gear, getting better, getting stronger, and showing others what you got. I don't know if they can all win. I don't think they can all win. And on top of that, you're going to have tertiary games coming in. And this is where Borderlands 3 ties in. I Sea of Thieves, you know, is the games as a service going on. But it's different from, it's a different enough from all these that I don't think it, directly counts but Borderlands 3 is going to come in here soon and I think it's going to be one of those games that sort of is in the market but not quite kind of like Sea of Thieves because Randy said that he wants to make sure this game remains a good fun co-op game however I really really think that you're going to see a hub like experience much like Anthem just announced being the launch base coming so just like Destiny's Tower in Anthem, you're going to have a place to go and hang out with your buddies in between missions and check out gear, do all that good stuff, and then take off again. I think that Borderlands 3 is going to have something very similar to this. We already know they're going to be going to different planets. We already know it's going to be way, way bigger than any of the other Borderlands to date. So all this, plus the fact that I've heard rumors that you're going to have your own ship da-da-da-da-da-da, so you're going to be traveling around, leads me to believe that there's going to be some sort of hub or place you can go in Borderlands, just like in these games, where you can see and hang out with other people. And you're thinking, well, you know, in those other games, you can kind of get your character and customize them all up. In Borderlands, you can't. You're picking from these four pre-made characters. But, but, Borderlands loves to give you crazy costumes. So what I'm thinking is that Borderlands 3 is going to have, like, a bajillion different costumes that you can find, purchase with in-game loot, or purchase with real money. And I know Randy said he doesn't want to do microtransactions and this and that and this and that, but these would be the cosmetic only. And like they did with Battleborn, they would make it so if you had enough in-game loot, you can purchase them as well. So no one's being left out regardless. And then that would allow you to customize and as you like customize your characters, you know, a lot in Borderlands. And as you know, if you've played Borderlands 2 especially, the costumes in there vary greatly. So you could look vastly different from however many other players they put in this little hub and area. So what I'm throwing at you here, in a nutshell, is that I think Borderlands 3 and other games are going to be coming out over the next year, however long it takes for these games to hit, that are going to be more and more like the games-as-a-service model, maybe not quite in the same camp as those three going to war directly with one another, but enough to where this whole genre is going to be around of just games-as-a-service in general. And I'm just really curious to see where this goes as a whole, because if you're stuck on one game, you're not buying other games, unless you're rich and or got tons of time. But a lot of people are going to pick their favorite and they're going to roll with it. And back in the day, it used to be you just played a game, had fun with it, did the story, and you moved on. How long is this games-as-a-service thing going to last? And who, how many of these can survive and succeed and flourish in the future? 
Or is this just like a, a gimmick for the next few years and then it's going to fade away and we're going to go into some whole different model? I don't know. But I wanted to just throw it back and forth a little bit. I'd love to hear from any of you out there. What do you guys think? Do you think this games as a service model is going to hold up and there's a whole bunch of games that can succeed and stick around with it? Or do you think this is kind of just a, a fad because it's what everybody wants right now and it's going to fade out over time? I don't really know, but I'd love to hear from you. And that about wraps up the show. And here's where Matt would usually say, hey, you know, if you like what you heard, you can find us on the Twitter, Facebook, blah, 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 blah. please go ahead and consider coming over there and giving us a like, a face, subscribe, da 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 We really do thank you and we do really do appreciate it. That's something like he says, right? You can also check us out on Patreon. Yes, we do have a wonderful Patreon set up. If you like what you hear, like what we're doing, please consider heading over there, throwing us $1, $5, $1,000, $10,000, or the coveted $1 million, because you know what? We'd open up that food line, put babies in the jars, and you guys would have a great time. You would love it. You'd come visit us from all over the freaking country, maybe even the world. I don't know. But that's only if you can throw us that wonderful million dollars. If you can't, I understand. Money's real. You got to pay them bills. You can, as Matt said, or I said, or somebody said, head on over, give us likes, mailbag questions, five-star ratings, or any of those wonderful things because it would help us out and we really do appreciate it. (laughs) And with that, everybody, there's not anything else to say but... <laughs> well, Danny and Matt barely got out of that one, but I rolled in right in time, and they're all dead now. Yeah, we got those tin heads. We got them. Took a took a few good good soldiers with them, but we did it. Third shift base is intact. We're gonna keep streaming. We're gonna change up the shift codes. They're gonna they're never gonna know what the hell we're up to now. Don't you worry. Gearbox is going to stay strong. Third shift's going to stay strong. Captain Batten is back out there kicking ass and taking names. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me just say the best thing ever here. <laughs> Don't forget to save, fools. 